believe it or not, we're going to be over in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And it's, it's brief. It's not really so much a Christmas message, but we're going to look at God talking to us. And we'll, we will use Mary and Joseph a little bit, but we're, we're going to look at God talking to us. Because this time of year, it's, it's noisy. We're, we are now, we are post-Thanksgiving and pre-Christmas. So right in, right, in the, right in the middle now, we're looking at, uh, everybody's getting ready. But it's, a, it's a noisy time of year. We hear people yelling and screaming, and we hear them talking, and we'll be singing uh, Christmas carols and reading scripture. And you, you just hear, you hear a lot of things. As a parent, one of the things you start hearing is what they want for Christmas, what the kids want. Uh, you start hearing things going on and, and you know the singing and all that stuff but it's usually good stuff this time of year we hear good stuff we know singing christmas carols that's that's good stuff that's encouraging to us we like to hear those we like to hear uh colin said he's gonna wait till december to start singing christmas songs and that, that's fine and, but it's encouraging it's good to hear these christmas songs but then we get to hear bad stuff as well now I'm not a I'm not a Black Friday shopper. I'm I'm a Black Friday shopper on Amazon. I don't get out in that mess. I'm not that crazy. But we also hear bad things. So if you were out on Black Friday, I don't think it was as chaotic as it has been in the past. You're gonna hear negative things like jerk, that was my parking spot, or that's my TV, that's the last TV, that's the last one. I wanted that. You hear negative things. So this time of year we're gonna hear good and we're gonna hear bad. But we've got to be able to 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 decipher what is good and what is bad. The same comes with God speaking to us. When God speaks to us, we've got to understand what's, what is God and what is devil. And I've, I've preached on this before, I know, but I want to hit it again because it's very important this time of year. Because the devil has used this Christmas holiday and he's made it a corporate holiday and we get a little bit confused about what is God and what is world. If you have a good, close relationship with God and you talk to Him on a daily basis, you're going to know what God's voice sounds like. If you don't talk to God very often, it's very easy to misinterpret what the devil is saying as what, the God, what God is saying. We've got to understand who's talking to us, and we've got to listen closely. Uh, I, I like Charlie Brown. My favorite Charlie Brown is Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, but Charlie Brown says this. He says, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And you, you watch a, a cartoon from the 60s, back when, you know, Charles Schultz, he, he, was, he, he believed in that. He, he would always incorporate uh, Christianity into Peanuts, and, or Charlie Brown stuff. And you think about what this little boy says. Isn't there anyone that knows the meaning of Christmas? And I believe back in the 60s, probably been a lot easier to say, yeah, there's a lot of people. But here we are in 2022, and if we ask that question, isn't there anyone that knows the meaning of Christmas, we can honestly stand here this morning and say, not many. There's not many people left that know the true meaning of Christmas. Because we don't talk to God enough. We have allowed the world to come in to our lives. We've let the world, we let devil come in to our lives. And he has taken up so much space in our, in our minds and in our hearts that we don't have that relationship we used to have with God. And so when God speaks to us, a lot of times we don't hear him because we're listening to the world. We're listening to the devil. God desires us to listen to his voice, especially right now in this, this busy crazy, noisy time of season, that's what he wants from us is to listen to his voice, listen to what he has to say. 
And we're going to look at Mary and Joseph this morning for a few minutes and see how the Lord spoke to them. But I want you to remember that the Lord didn't just speak to Mary and Joseph. You go all throughout the Bible, God spoke to everyone. Go back to the children of Israel. We'll go back to, to Noah. We'll go back to Moses. You can go back to Adam and Eve. It doesn't matter from Genesis to Revelation, from in to amen. We're going to see where God spoke to people, and they listened. God's still speaking to people. So is Clayton. <laughs> I talk to everybody. If you got your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Stand with me. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Bible says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou hast conceived, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angels answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called, shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Let's pray. Lord God, I just want to thank you this morning. We, we come to you this Sunday after Thanksgiving, and we just want to thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for our families that we got to, to be around and be with. And God, for some, this was a first for them, a first Thanksgiving uh, without a loved one. And I pray, God, that uh, they felt your comfort and your peace. They could give thanks back to the, the time that they had with their loved one. And Lord, I pray that uh, through the, this holiday and the one coming up here at Christmas, that we would turn and continue to be thankful for not just the blessings, but Lord, for the sacrifice that was made for us on the cross. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that was made when you sent your only begotten Son from heaven to earth to die for each one of us. Lord, what a gift. And we thank you for that. And I pray today that we continue to grow. And Lord, we, we continue to just to manifest. Lord, I pray that you would just use this church in a way that would be honoring to you that would glorify your name and i pray today that we could draw a little bit closer to you and listen for that still small voice we love you we praise you this morning all this in your son's name we pray amen you can have a seat i'm gonna knock that flower over the son of god didn't come to establish this nostalgic time of year this this family oriented commercially success successful time of year I don't recall reading in my Bible where God said, hey, let's go make a holiday so that we can have some Christmas deals. Let's go make a holiday so that they can get some savings on the gifts. God didn't say that. 
We have this time of year set aside to recognize the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, it's a date. We don't know when Jesus was born. We don't know. It wasn't December 25th. We know that. But that's just a date that man has put on it so that we could remember and we would recognize the birth of our Savior. That's why we have it. Why did Jesus come? The Bible tells us he came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why he came. Not so we could get a good deal at Walmart. There's a big old difference in why Jesus came in the minds of the Christians or the minds of the church and the minds of the unbeliever. He came to rescue us from our, our rebellion. He came to save us from our sin. Mary's life, if you go back and you look at this teenage girl, her life was completely interrupted and disturbed from what was taking place, what was going on in her life. She had, she had a lot of living left to do. If you remember what she was going through, she was engaged. And so she had a lot to look forward to. We look at our, our children right now. I can, I can actually look at this and look at Abby and Paisley and Cindy and Sage and, and see their age. They're in that time frame. And these girls have a lot of living left to do. They're not even out of school yet, not in really serious relationships. They've got things they've got to do. they still got to go to college. They've got, to, they've got things to do. Mary had things to do, and the Lord interrupted her life. He disrupted her life. She wasn't ready for that. Ain't nobody ready for that. No, you can't prepare yourself for what God had in store for Mary. There's no way. Mary was a smart girl. Mary brought up in the synagogue. She knew the Torah. She was trained. She, she was a smart young lady. She knew Scripture. But she was not prepared for what God had in store for her. But she listened to Him. Ain't one of us prepared for what God has in store for us. But we've got to listen to Him. We've got to listen to that still, small voice. The message that she would bear God's child would bring, we just flip her world upside down. I can't imagine what it sounded like. I can't imagine when that angel spoke to her, what we just read, what she felt, how she felt. Yes, she had questions. We read those questions. How can I conceive when I've known not a man? How could she be pregnant? She's not married. How could she be pregnant? Angels, don't worry about that. God's taking care of it. Life was no longer business as usual for her. She had heard the voice of God. She had heard from the angel, and everything was changing for her. Everything. From that moment on, her world would be shaken. From the day of his birth to the date of his death and beyond, Mary was shaken because of what he put her through in a good way for us. She'd heard that voice. Now, Simeon even tells Mary that the joy she has in, is in, the, in the soon coming son, birth of her son, will become pain for her. That's prophecy. All right, you're not married, so this is going to be a little bit painful for you. This is going to be a little bit painful, not, not physically. It would be physically, but, but emotionally it's going to be painful because of what she was going to have to go through with her family and with Joseph as well. It's going to be painful. But Simeon was also prophesying about the pain that she would endure as she watched her son die on the cross. There's so much more going on in her life that, that we could even comprehend. And she was going through pain. Now, I want to flip over for just a second into Matthew. 
So we looked at Mary for a second, and then we're going to look at, at Joseph. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the, on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, now here it goes, here he goes speaking again, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth the firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So now we have Jesus or Joseph, trying to do the right thing. What is the right thing? He could have put her away. He could have had her stoned. There's so much that Joseph could have done. If Joseph had only listened to the world, if Joseph had not listened to God, can you imagine where we're at right now? Joseph, all he had to do was make one, say one word. He had to do one thing, and there would be no Jesus. They could have had her stoned and killed. They could have had Mary stoned and killed. She would have died and we wouldn't have what we have now. But Joseph listened to God. He listened to that voice. He listened to what the angel had to say in his dream, what God had to say in his dream. He listened to God. That's the important part of both of these individuals, that both listened to what God had to say. So that's some of the most painful things that we have to do sometimes is to listen to what God has to say because we're not prepared for what he has in store for us. We're not ready to do what God is asking us to do. Do you think Joseph was ready? Absolutely not. Do you think Joseph was prepared to go through his life with a fiancé that's pregnant with someone else's child? No. He wasn't, you can't prepare yourself for that. Do you think Mary, being a teenager, was prepared to go through life bearing a son that was not her husband's? No. She was not prepared for that. But they minded the Lord, they listened to His words, they listened to Him speak, and so listening to the Word of God helped soften their hearts and prepare them for the journey that they would take together as a couple with God leading. See, that's the thing about this, this uh, covenant between Mary and Joseph, this marriage that they had, it's what we're supposed to have right now in this day and time. It's a marriage takes three. It takes the husband, it takes the wife, it takes God being the head of the house. It takes God being in their life. It takes God, or it takes the couple making sure that you are of equal yoke. Mary, Joseph, allowed God to lead this family like they were supposed to do. Listen to what he had to say and let him take the reins of this whole thing. This, this relationship, this birth, this pregnancy and this birth, they let God have it and they listened to what God had to say. Do you think they questioned him? Absolutely. Who doesn't? They were, they were fleshly. These people are just like us. They were human, just like us. So yeah, we're going to question. We question God often, I know. 
Why? That's our big question is why. Do you think Mary asked why? Yeah. Do you think Joseph asked why? Yeah, I do. I think they both ask why. But that's what we do. And then God explained it. And then listened. Listen to what God has to say when he explains things to us. What we discover is that God spoke to Joseph and told him this divine plan. The same thing with Mary. Just like Mary, Joseph obeyed God's voice. We have to obey his voice. God does not promise ease and comfort in this life. Job's a poster child for that one. Not one time in the Bible does he say that it's going to be easy sailing for the Christian. Not one time did he tell Mary or Joseph that it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. You're going to have my son, and it's just going to be easy. You don't have to deal with anything. You're not going to have to deal with persecution, or you're not going to have to run away. You're not going to have to go hide or nothing like that. You can just stay where you are for the rest of your life and be happy. He never said that because they did. They had to flee. Remember, they went into Egypt. They had, they had to be on the run for a little while. It was never easy for Mary and Joseph. Even after listening to God's voice, it was never easy. It will never be easy for us, but we've got to listen to God's voice because what God is telling us is what God wants us to do in His will. And as long as we stay in the will of God, we're going to be on track. We're going to be right where He wants us to be. God does not promise ease, though. Look at Daniel. Daniel listened to God, but where did he end up? In a den of lions. We'll go over here and you look at Joseph. Uh, he obeyed God. Where did he end up? In prison. In a pit and in prison. Go and, and look at Noah. When we look at Moses. They listened to him, but they were persecuted for listening to him, to God. It was never easy for any of them. Paul, Silas in jail. Paul in general. Stoned, beaten, almost killed. Several times. He listened to God. It was never easy, but it, they listened to God. God's plan is a relationship with us. That's his plan for us. He wants us to have that relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ. And so we have to listen to what he has to tell us. We have to listen to those simple words through his word of God, through prayer, through whatever it may be. We have to listen to those so that we can have that relationship with him. Think about your friends. A true friend communicate with on a usually a daily basis or, or pretty often a friend is somebody that you talk to often there's people i talk to maybe once or twice every few years they're not close friends but i'll just call them a friend close friends you talk to all the time you have a relationship with them that's what jesus wants from us talk to him often so that we can grow closer to him and have a closer relationship with him do we have things that are, are more important than hearing God's voice? Yeah. Unfortunately, this day and time, we have moved God down a few pegs on our, on our, our, a few rungs on our ladder, and we just don't feel like he's as important now as he should be. There's other things in this world that are more important. What keeps us from hearing the voice of God? I want you to think about this for a moment. What keeps us from hearing the voice of God. Well, number one, busyness of life. Psalm 4, 4 says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. We're busy people. If you wasn't busy prior to Friday or Thursday, you're busy now. 
we got a lot to do. A lot to do. Christmas parties to plan. Holy smoke. We got so much to, to we got shopping to do. We got to figure out who's going to prepare. We're still trying, we're doing that progressive supper again this year with my family. We can't set a date for no man's money. We cannot figure out how we're going to do this because between church and other Christmas events and work and everything else, we can't figure it out. That's where the progressives of us were. My family in Blackberry will come to Vilas and eat with me and my sister and my parents. And then the next night, we all, everybody from Vilas goes to Blackberry and eat with my grandma, my aunt, and my cousins. And we split it up three different houses. It's fun. It's a lot of work trying to plan it out, figure out who's going to be where and when. And is it going to be on the 11th, which it's not now? Is it going to be on the 18th, the 19th, the 17th? We still don't know, do we, Abby? We have no clue what's going on. I promise you this, I will be eating somewhere. If I have to get me a pack of nabs and a Coke, I'm going to eat something on the 17th, 18th, or 19th. It's busy. We are so busy this time of year. This is why everybody thinks I'm a Scrooge when it comes to Christmas. I ain't a Scrooge, I don't think. It's commercialized. That's what bothers me the worst about Christmas. I love Christmas. I love Easter. I love Christmas when it's focused on the right thing, when it's about Jesus and it's not about the gifts and all the planning and all the busyness that comes with it. I love Christmas, but I want to take the world out of it, and I want to get it back to what it used to be when we focused on nothing but the birth of our Savior, when we focus on nothing but Jesus coming to save us as a, as a baby. I want to get back to the way it used to be. But we're so busy now, we forget about it. We all, I was thinking about this piano, well, probably not this piano, because it's a fake piano. The real piano's out there. <laughs> I don't think that one has strings on it, does it? I don't, I don't know anything about it. I know if we unplug it, it don't work. That's all I know. It's got an on-off button. Pianists. When you play a piano long enough, what happens to it? It goes out of tune. When you beat on them keys and them hammers hit that string, eventually that string is going to loosen up and it's going to get out of tune. That's what pianists do. That's what they're known for. They sound great when they're in tune. But when you play it hard enough and long enough, it's going to get out of tune. That constant striking makes the sound not so good. The same is true with our daily lives. If we keep going about our daily business being struck by the problems that are around us, we're going to get out of tune with God. When we let the devil strike us constantly and, and throw problems in our face all the time, we're going to get loosened up and we're going to get out of tune with God. We need to be tuned up. That's what now, whenever I was growing up and I heard my dad say, you're going to get tuned up, that was not a good saying. He, we didn't have a piano in the house, so I knew what was next. <laughs> my tail. When we allow the devil to beat us up and strike them keys, you know, when we, the kids, uh, uh, Paisley and Abby, especially when we was down at Beach Valley or Paisley, we'd go up there and just beat on the, on the piano. Was it Beach? No, I'm sorry. It wasn't y'all. It was my little cousins. We beat on my Uncle Brent's piano. My grandma would flip out. She said, you can't do that. It's going to be out of tune. Yeah, it's going to be out of tune. I mean, you get a bunch of one- and two-year-olds beating on them keys, it's going to get out of tune. You, you get, if it happens for a long enough amount of time, there could be damage. 
when you allow the devil to beat on you and rough you up constantly, there could be damage. There could be emotional damage, and there can be spiritual damage to you, and you're going to be out of tune with God. Don't let the devil strike you. Don't let him work you over. Psalm 46.10 says, we know this one, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. If we are still enough, long enough, and we pray enough, things are going to come back to our minds. We're going to remember who God is, and we're going to remember what that voice sounds like. We're going to remember who He is for us, what He has done for us on the cross, what He done for us in that manger, what He has done for us in our health, in our families, in our friends, in our homes, in our churches. We're going to remember it. But you've got to be still. When you're busy, you're not still. Me and Colin was talking about that this morning, wasn't we? We don't like to be still. We're always trying, we're doing something. We've got to be doing something. I don't like to be still. I, I told him, the girls tell you the same thing. If I come home and I sit down in my recliner, that's it. I'm out. I'm done. Done for the day. If I get still, I get sleepy. And then I just go to bed. But we're busy people. The Bible's telling us, be still and know that I am God. We do have to stop with our busyness and remember who he is and what he's done for us. Sometimes we face trouble because we are obedient like Mary and John, or Mary and Joseph, Mary and John. I was singing that song. Me and Paisley was singing Mary and John the other day. Sometimes we face trouble because we're disobedient, but sometimes we face trouble because we are obedient, just like Mary and Joseph. Think about that. We face trouble when we're disobedient. We face trouble when we are obedient. Mary and Joseph were obedient. They've minded the Lord, but they still faced troubles. They were not exempt. If we're obedient to the Holy Spirit when He's drawing us to Him and we ask Jesus into our hearts, if we're being obedient, we're still going to have trouble. But when we're disobedient to God, we're going to have more trouble. He's never said we were exempt from it. Sometimes we face trouble because we are obedient like we're supposed to be, like the, the, the ones in the Bible that we read about. They were obedient, and they still faced persecution. They were obedient to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere they went, but they still ended up in jail. They still ended up crucified upside down on a cross. They still ended up with their heads being cut off. They still ended up being speared to death. They were obedient to God, but they still faced troubles and trials and tribulations and persecution and death. They listened to God, and it was not a smooth road. I think a lot of people look at our God as a God that parted the Red Seas, and it's not so much the Red Sea part that always amazed me, which it is amazing. What amazed me about the parting of the Red Sea was the fact that they walked on dry land. They didn't get muddy feet, muddy, muddy sandals. It was dry. They were able to walk. And people think that through salvation that that's the kind of path that we're going to be walking on. There'll be no mud. It's all dry land. It's after salvation we can just walk freely and not have to worry about getting our feet dirty. You're wrong. After salvation, we're still going to get dirty. We're still going to get knee-deep in mud. We're still going to go through a lot of trials and, 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 and just things that the devil's going to throw at us. But the difference is God's still with us. He said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. What we have to learn is how to get out 
of the traffic of life that we're in right now and get into the rest stop of the Lord. Get out of this traffic, this busyness of the world, just constantly. I was out Wednesday. I had to go, unfortunately, I had to go to Lowe's. I can't stand going to Lowe's, slows. I can't stand going to slows. I had to go slows. Traffic, bumper to bumper, and boom. I was thinking about that busyness. That's our life. It is bumper to bumper everywhere we go, not just in Boone, but just in life in general. But then Thursday, we took off and went down to my grandma's. We left about a little after 12, went down to grandma's. Hardly any cars on the road. It wasn't busy. Just easy going, smooth sailing. No, didn't have any, not many red lights to stop at. We were able to go through life with ease. That's what God gave us through His Son, Jesus Christ. A life that we can go through, it's going to be chaotic and hectic sometimes, but we can go through it with Him. We can go through it with a friend. Things of life keep us from hearing the voice of God. I mean, seriously, right now we're we're hearing things that just keep us away from God. What's the one thing? And I did, I'm so bad for this. I'm gonna have to, I'll call Travis out on this one. What, what did we talk about Sunday? We talked about deer hunting Sunday. I asked Travis, are you hunting this week? No, actually, I think I asked Ethan. And then Travis got drug into the conversation. We make plans for hunting. We make plans for shopping. We were eating down at Grandma's Thursday, and what were the women doing? They was getting their little map and their game plan out for Black Friday shopping. We're going to be here at this time, here at this time. We're going to get this at this time. If you will go pick up these three items for me, I'll go get these five items for you. They were going to divide and conquer. They were making plans. They knew what they were doing. (laughs) It's awful. Sometimes I wonder if those women that plan out Black Friday shopping, I think they'd be good commanding officers at the fire department because they got it down to an art. They know exactly where to be and what to do. But we have these things in life. Before we're getting ready for church on Sunday, we're already trying to plan out what we're going to be doing throughout the week and what we're going to be doing right after church. What are we doing right after church? We're getting ready to go eat Thanksgiving one more time. We are. This is the one I always look forward to because we're going to my mother-in-law's, and that woman can cook. We have to do... We have to do them because they're important. We have to plan our Black Friday shopping. That's important in our mind. We have to plan our hunting strategies because that's important in our mind. We have to make plans for our Christmas dinners because it's important in our minds. We're busy. The things of this life have kept us so busy that we can't hear God anymore. We've put that stuff before Him. Religious things of life keep us from hearing the voice of God too. Yes, I said it, religious things of life. Believe it or not, religion can keep you from hearing the voice of God. Religion can be what people call routine Christianity. This is where we go about our day, we read our devotions, and we say a little prayer. That's routine. That's our routine. And we feel like that's good enough for Him. And it's not. The problem is we never encounter the amazing life-changing person and work of Jesus because we are routinely reading our devotion, we're routinely saying a quick prayer before we go out the door. It's, it's routine. It's a habit. And that's not good at all. Our relationship with Him was never meant to be routine. 
you find yourself just going through motions a lot of time. Church, that's what this is. Sometimes we make church a routine. It's Sunday, can't make plans, got to go to church. It's Wednesday, can't make plans, got to go to church. We make plans because it's a routine. It's not because we want to be here. It's because it's our routine. That's what Sunday set aside for. Sunday set aside for church. That's the way it's always been taught, ain't it? Sunday's for church. What happened to Sunday's for God? What happened to Wednesday's for God? What happened to the nights for revival or for God? Not for anything else but to worship and honor God. What happened to those? We're busy. We're busy. It's a routine now. Second thing, what is, what is Jesus trying to say to us? When we finally do get to hear him talking to us, what's he trying to say? Is it positive? Is it scary? Is it going to be emotional? What is he trying to say to us? He calls us to draw near to him. He wants us to have that relationship. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. No one can, no one can do this for you. Not a soul can do this for you. He's telling us that we got to talk to him. We have to ask him. I'd love to be able to sit down there with Jerry and say, God, this is Jerry. This is what Jerry's got on his heart. This is what Jerry needs in his life. This is what Jerry's got going on. Can you just do this for him? And then Jerry not do anything. Jerry's got to put work into it. Jerry's got to pray. Jerry's got to ask. Oh, how I wish I could, with our kids, all our kids in here, any parent would love to be able to say, God, here they are, please save them and be saved. But it don't work like that. We can build them up, we can train them up, we can, we can teach them and guide them the best we can by the Word of God. We can do what we can do, but we can't save them. That's between them and God. They have to step up and do it. You can learn what others have learned about God through reading books if you want to, and there's nothing wrong with that if you want to do it. But before you pick up a book, I strongly encourage you to pick up a Bible. You pick up that Bible and let that Word of God work with you and talk to you and speak to you, and, and you're going to hear God speak, and you're going to hear it, and it's going to be a loud, thunderous voice sometimes, not just a still small voice. Sometimes it's booming. And if you've never had God speak to you in a big, booming voice before, it'll rattle your cage. It will get you. I promise you that. When he called me to preach, it was almost like the wind is shook in that church. I knew exactly what it was, and I still tried to run from it. But I want you to read your Bible. Before you go to getting those self-help books and all those Joyce Myers, that junk that Rita listens to and watches all the time, Sorry. <laughs> Before we, whatever her name is, before we go into all those things that people have written, why not go to what God has written? Have you thought about that? Instead of trying to find help through someone else, why not trying to find help through the one that wrote the Bible? Let them re lead and guide you. Open up his book and ask God to speak to you. And then when, he, when you do, be ready. That's the, that's the kicker. When you ask God, to help me, 
be ready for his help. Be ready for, be, don't be shocked when he steps up and does something for you. One of the things that he does, one of the things that Jesus did in the Bible, one of the things that he does for us right now is he challenges us. And I like that. I like it when he challenges us. He challenges our way of thinking. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 5, 8, 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your, your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then Paul says over in Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's him telling us we've got we to talk to him. Too many people today want their lives and lifestyles encouraged and affirmed. They live in sin. They live in, 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 in worldly manners. They live outside the word of God, and they want to be affirmed. They want us to say it's okay. That's what they want. They want us to say, it's all, it's all right. Don't, don't worry about it. It's not what the Bible says to do, but we'll just look over it this time. We'll just let it go. Jesus didn't encourage, and he definitely didn't affirm, the self-righteous lifestyle of the Pharisee. Not one time. If you go back and you read anything that Jesus did, he always challenged them. Never affirmed them. He always challenged them. Whenever he was at the, that woman at the well, what did he tell her? Go and sin no more. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. That's a charge from Jesus himself. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> okay. Come on up here. But you got to take that out. Yeah. You going to preach now? Go and sin no more. That's, that's his challenge to us. If there is sin in our life, which there is, if there's any of that sin in our life, he's going to reveal it. When we pray and we ask God to help us, to forgive us, then he's going to forgive us of that sin, but then he's going to challenge us. Go and sin no more. That's what I want him to do. I'm glad he forgives us. I'm thankful that he forgives us. But I, I'm also thankful that he challenges us to not to do it anymore. Because he doesn't want it to be a habit. He doesn't want our sinful life to be a habit. He said, just go. Don't do it anymore. Don't sin anymore. But how do we know? Here's the question. <laughs> how do we know that it's God speaking to us? If you go through the Bible, and if you just remember what he told us, he said that, that he, would, he would never leave us. Nor, nor forsake us. The Bible has told us that it will not contradict itself. He is not the author of confusion. If we just remember that and remember that we can always trust Him, always trust Him, if we can remember those few things, then we'll remember and we'll understand what voice is speaking to us and we'll know that it's Jesus speaking to us. So how do we start hearing the voice of God? 
I want to end up on this one. First and foremost, salvation. You've got to be saved. You really want to hear that, that voice of God, you're going to have to be saved. And you're going to have to listen closely. Becoming a follower of Jesus, it, it opens up our ears to his voice. When we follow Jesus, he gets familiar. There's, there's things that in this life that we hear, we, we get we familiarize, familiar, familiar, I'll get out here. We get familiar with, I feel like I'm over FUD. We get familiar with what someone sounds like. And we get familiar with the tone in their voice. We get familiar with it. And so whenever we hear them speak, we understand what the urgency behind what they're saying. We lazy thing, take your passy. We understand it when we hear them. There's people in this world that may not speak very often, but when they do speak, you can hear the authority in their voice, and you know they mean business. And so when we hear God speak after salvation, we know he means business. We just got to open up our ears, though, to hear that voice. John says over in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They get familiar with it. Sheep, cattle's the same way. I, the worst thing when we had cattle, and Mike probably can do this as well, when we had cattle, the first few months was kind of hard because the cattle were learning your voice. So they're trying to get familiar with the fence, trying to get familiar with where the watering holes are. I say get familiar with the fence. They're trying to find all the weak spots in the fence. That's what they're really doing. You don't <laughs> you're trying to get familiar with one another, especially if you go to the sale and get it. If it's not a herd that you buy together, then you got all these different cows in there, and they're trying to get familiar with each other, trying to get familiar with the land, trying to get familiar with the water, trying to get familiar with feed time, and they got to get familiar with your voice. they got to understand that the person hollering at them is the person that's taking care of them, and it's the person that's going to feed them. So it takes a little while. Jesus is telling us right here, my sheep hear my voice, and, they, and I know them, and they follow me. When we hear that voice, it's a voice of comfort. It's a reassuring voice. I, I know I've told the, the story before about the dispatcher I used to work with that makes fire alarms sound like structure fire. She could, she would just, she would dispatch a fire alarm, and it sounded like the whole place is burning down. It's just a fire alarm. I mean, don't get so excited. But then there was another one that I worked with that she could turn a structure fire into the most calming, soothing thing that I've ever heard, which was good because the way she would say that stuff on the radio, it made sure that the firemen and all that were responding were calm as well. That's what we want. You know that voice, you trust that voice, and that voice calms you. So the Bible's telling us that we've got to saturate ourselves with God's Word and learn about His character, learn about who He is. But it's not just from being here at church on Sunday or Wednesday. That's you getting in the Word of God and listening to him often and learned his commands. I'm going to tell you this little story, and then we're going to close out. Y'all, some of y'all, and I, I may have been me and, I don't know if it was me and Travis, somebody here at the church was talking about this guy last year, but it's uh, Ravi Zacharias, Ravi or Ravi Zacharias, he died, 
I think last year or two years ago. Fine, fine Christian man. Done a lot in this world. But he told a story about when he was over in Vietnam back in the early 70s, I think, 70 or 71, that he had this interpreter that went around with him and would help him preach the gospel to to everyone in Vietnam. And then after, I was trying to think of his name. I thought I wrote it down here. Uh, his name was uh, Hen Pham. Um, anyway, loved the Lord, loved the Lord, and went around and interpreted for Ravi for years. So once Vietnam, the war was over with, uh, Ravi came back over to the U.S., and this interpreter stayed behind. Well, years later, he was, uh, he was taken in. He was arrested for uh, preaching the gospel. And he was put into this prison, and he was sentenced for life, honestly. And so at, in those prisons, the, one of the things that the, the prisoners had to do was they had chores, duties that they had to provide to keep the place clean, and one of the duties that nobody liked to do was clean the latrines, clean the toilets, clean the waste baskets, things like that. They're a little bit different over there than we are here. We flush our toilet paper. They throw their toilet paper in a waste can. You don't flush that stuff. So this interpreter was being pressured, and they were trying to make this interpreter forget about God and denounce his religion, denounce Jesus, and they were trying to convert him over to whatever religion they were there and so the guy had prayed and prayed and prayed and he said lord i can't get any answers from you he said so starting tomorrow i'm going to stop praying and then the individual was told that that night that he had latrine duty so he had to go clean the toilets and empty the pails and all that stuff so the very first day he's there he starts cleaning out the 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 dirty toilet paper and he sees a piece of paper there that has English words on it. And he glanced at it, and he thought he recognized it, so he picked it up and cleaned it off, put it in his pocket, and went back to his room that night. After everybody went to bed, he pulled that out to read it, see exactly what it was, and it was Romans chapter 8. And this is what it said. Romans chapter 8, he started to read it. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those that, who, who love him. For I'm convinced that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this man started weeping. That was his answer from God. What he realized was that one of the guards there was actually using a Bible as toilet paper. And so this man, Han, he begged to have latrine duty as long as he was there. And every day he would go in and he would clean out the latrine just so that he could read the Word of God because that guard kept using the Bible as toilet paper, and he would clean it off, and then he would save it. That was confirmation. That was God speaking to him. He knew what God sounded like. For all the years that he had been with uh, Ravi, for all the years that he had been preaching, he had a relationship with Jesus Christ, and he knew what that voice sounded like. And so he, he listened to God, and he was able to read the Word, and then he was able to preach some more inside the prison, and others were saved. He was released. He's become a, a businessman now and a very popular uh, or uh, famous uh, preacher over there. But he listened to the Word of God. God will go to any length to speak to us. Whatever it takes, God will go to any length for us to hear his voice, whether it's 
being a janitor and cleaning out a toilet or sitting here on a Sunday morning reading the Word of God. He will go to any length to make sure that we can hear His voice. He wants us to hear His voice. He wants to hear our voice too. He wants to hear us talk to Him. He wants to hear us pray. Are we willing to go to any length to hear from Him? Are we willing to go to any length to hear from Him? Are you willing to clean out trash cans full of toilet paper just to hear from God? That's a little extreme, I know, but it makes sense. Stand with me just a moment. We're going to close it out. Just listen. Like the Bible said, be still. Just be still. We're busy right now. Everybody's busy. I can't imagine being a Christmas tree farmer right now. Ain't no way. Everybody's busy. But he's telling us, be still and just listen. Listen to what he has to say for us. He's going to guide us. For some, he's going to save you. If you ain't already been saved, just listen. Just listen. He's going to draw you. But just listen. Let's pray. Lord God, this evening, we thank you for still speaking to us. Lord, we thank you so much for not turning your back on us. Lord, we thank you for not leaving us. Lord, we thank you for not forsaking us. Father, today as we close out this service, I pray that we'd be a little bit more more still in our busy lives, that we would take more time to just sit and listen to what you have to say. And Father, we don't thank you enough for sitting and listening to what we have to say. As we complain, as we grumble, as we vent, sometimes, Father, we come to you as a punching bag. Lord, we thank you for taking those hits for us and for listening to us and for forgiving us. And I pray, God, today that when we leave this, this church, when we go back into our homes, as we travel down the road, we'd find time in our busy lives to be still for just a moment and have a deep conversation with you where we can continue to learn what your voice sounds like and hear your will for each one of us. And Lord, we do thank you for that. We thank you for planning things out for us. Even though they might not go along with our own plans, we thank you for loving us enough to keep us inside your will. Thank you for loving us enough to have a plan for us, each and every one of us. Father, today, again, we just want to come to you. Lord, we just beg you for mercy sometimes. We beg you for forgiveness where we failed you. And God, we thank you for allowing us to come to you. Be with us as we leave this place. Keep us safe in our travels. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. And Lord, thank you for blessing us. I bless your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Don't, for, don't forget December 11th. Put that on your calendars. Six o'clock. <laughs>